Welcome back, everybody, to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. I'm Lisa Linky, and I'm trying desperately to keep my mic levels correct when I'm in a new and unfamiliar setting to record. Across Zoom from me is Misty Stinnett, who is super Hello. fresh and has a, a spit guard on her mic. I don't. A, is that what it's called, a spit guard? For you, it is. It's a spit guard. Or a, a popper. I thought it was called like a popper stopper. No, it's a pop screen, but for you, because... Because of Corona, you're being very kind to your mic and you give it a spit guard. Listen, I've got to protect this equipment from the tsunami that's happening over here. And they don't call me Drool McGee for nothing. And they don't call me Yelly McFuckface for nothing. (laughs) Also, we... Hello, we swear on this podcast. (laughs) Um, I am sitting side saddle on my couch and um, trying to like desperately be close to my... uh, Landlord, as you know, who you know is Zoe, her modem, because the internet is struggling today, uh, under the weight of the world. And we're just doing the best we can. Uh, and so for that, I say, longtime loyal listeners, I love you. I see you. I thank you. And to Misty, I say, God love you because you're carrying the weight of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, we, in our remote recording, we have, uh, shifted to, doing the full post process. So now I'm editing and mastering all the episodes. So, you know, go ahead, judge the shit out of this, you guys, because it's my best work. I don't <laughs> the best think there's I any judging because Misty, they sound amazing. <laughs> they truly, truly do. And I, I, I love you. And, um, Misty is doing her very best to work with a very cranky me because I didn't sleep well last night. But, um, and listen, that, that's how this pandemic has gone. But we, so for, for those who are joining us for the first time. You're well up in our business by now. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Uh, this is a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. That's and right. Each week we read and review a popular self-help book on Friday's episodes and we share with you the main points about it so that you can decide if the book is worth reading or not. And you can go about your busy life getting the perspective altering self-help advice that you sorely, sorely need. But, but the, that's, not that's So that's right. Today is Tuesday. And so it's a weekly beef. And so we're here to follow up on any homework that we were assigned on Friday from the book uh, and do lots of extracurriculars. That's what I'll call it, whether it's um, special guests or um, articles or just uh, thought provoking questions, which I think provokes and, um, you know, just maybe check-ins or, or story times or show and tells. Well, yeah, because as we've learned, self-help is a dangerous, dark, seedy world. <laughs> and we need more time than just one Friday episode to explore it. <laughs> Some people say highlight is the most dangerous game, but I say it's self-help. Listen, self-help, listen. Uh, what's that movie? A Dangerous Game. And it's just like Michael Douglas reading a self-help book. And it's just filming him. That's the remake, I think. I don't even know who's in the original Dangerous Game. But Wasn't anyway. Game? Wasn't it just called The Game? Chris Penn? I thought Sean Penn? So, no, I feel like there's a movie called A Dangerous Game. And if not, I think I just sold it in the room. Thank you. I'm on, oh, Lisa, I'm on IMDb and I'm on it. IMDb is my best friend. Thank you. Today, Misty, you had homework. Yeah. So on our last episode, we finally tackled uh, a subject that I have been and is 
that I've been wanting to, to explore for a long time. And that's grief. And the reason I paused in the middle of that last, last sentence is it sounds like, like we tackled it. We did it. We solved it. Grief solved. Check mark. Never need to do it again. Check mark. Never need to revisit grief again. <laughs> but, uh, we had amazing guest host Nikita Hamilton on. She's so smart, so eloquent, such a longtime loyal listener and friend of the podcast since basically day one. Um, and so Lisa, you weren't on that episode. Cause I don't grieve. That correct. <laughs> Lisa's a robot and Thank she has you. no heart. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine with me. Right. So Nikita assigned me the homework of, um, making a list of all the things that I've lost since the pandemic began and acknowledge them. Wow. You know, we talked, a, we talked a lot about this, like all of the, the weird feelings and dissonance and by weird, I mean, unusual feelings and dissonance we've been having, um, and by the way, if you hear any, any little feet pitter pattering in the background, it's Lisa's dog, Zoe, walking no, around and landlord. making sure. That's my landlord. It's her Zoe. landlord, Zoe. Um, and making sure that we are staying on topic. So thank you for that, Zoe. It's because Sav recommended this mic and it is <laughs> incredibly good. <laughs> incredibly good and sensitive and amazing. So yeah, we were talking about how we all just were plunged into grief. You know, we all lost normalcy. A lot of us lost jobs, freedom of movement, the ability to do the things we love. And um, so this is me kind of getting personally, uh, Nikita challenged me to personally get into that list yes. for myself because, and just to acknowledge it. Cause she was saying how like she hates the beach. And then as soon as she was in quarantine, she was like, oh my God, I can't go to the beach. <laughs> I never go to the this. beach, but now I can't go to the beach. Yeah, but just knowing it was there as an option always is what yeah. was comforting. So here are the things that, um, here's my list and no particular order, although it sort of escalates. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. And so she gave me two parts, make this list. And then the second part was share it with whatever friend I want. And that's Lisa. And that's all of you. I know we're all your friends. We're your friends in your pocket. Just pick us up and click on us and we're always there for you. That's what Misty calls you, our tiny pocket friends. Tiny pocket friends. Except you're so big in my heart. Okay, so share it with whatever friend I want and see if there's a way in which some of these can feel like less of a loss. Okay. So things I'm grieving. Here we go. A place to get up and go every day. <laughs> so while I did not love my 45 minute each way commute to Burbank every day, I did love, and I didn't even realize this, waking up with a purpose and a place to go. There was a reason to get dressed. There was a team of people who was looking forward to seeing me and that hired me and needed my help. Right. So I'm currently working on a documentary series as a producer and every single day, you know, even though I'm the most junior one on the team, there were friendly faces and things to get done and a reason for me to wake up and feel needed. And while I still am working from home, I am grieving seeing those coworkers. I am grieving, um, having a separate space to work, you know, all of those things that sort of made it feel important and structured. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing about not having a specific place to go is I have also lost the delineation between the end of the workday and evening personal time. Yeah. So what I mean is 
45 minutes driving in the car to decompress, make some calls, have quiet time to process the day, catch up on WhatsApp messages from friends, all gone. And for the first month or six weeks of quarantine, I found that it was a lot harder to de-stress because work was bleeding over into personal things. And there wasn't this clear demarcation of when the workday was over and the evening had begun. So I'll address how I have um, amended that in part two. Also, I think something that's universal for so many of us right now is a feeling of safety. It was such a privilege of not having to fear every single person that walks by too closely, of getting to just pop into the grocery store and grab whatever I want and not have to worry about not touching my face or really feel like these small, mundane, everyday and necessary tasks to survive were maybe going to threaten my life. So that is something I've really grieved because it's like, oh man, we just didn't know how good we had it living in the absence of that specific fear. The other thing is, the other thing is movement. I move my body so much less now just by sheer fact that I don't walk from a parking garage into my office and then walk around the office. Even to use the bathroom was like, you know, like a a half of a tenth of a mile (laughs) to get there and back. Um, I don't walk around outside on my lunch break. Like now my office is my living room and it's like 10 steps from my bedroom to the couch or the kitchen table. So just by the size of my workspace, I'm not moving my body as much and I'm, I'm definitely feeling more aches and pains. And while I do try to make it a point to go outside every day, that doesn't always happen. And it's definitely just inherently way less. So I am personally missing that and the freedom of movement. And then everyday friendly physical touch. I miss hugging my friends. I miss hugging you and Sav when we come into the studio or even just like putting a hand on your back to say like, oh, excuse me, I'm walking by. I miss handshakes. I miss sitting shoulder to shoulder with a friend at a movie theater. When talking to someone, I might just like touch your knee to be like, oh my gosh, I know that thing too. Like all of these little ways that I feel sort of constricted to um, love and show my appreciation, getting to hug friends on their birthdays, right? Yeah. And then the biggest, the biggest, most acute loss for me right now is dance. Dance was my biggest source of joy, connection. And what I mean is, um, partner dance. So I do salsa and bachata. And that is, you don't dance on your own. You're holding hands with someone. You've got your arms on someone else's arms. You're creating this beautiful moment and experience together. So this is my biggest source of joy, connection, feeling alive, building community and learning. And it was my one high quality leisure activity that was not to advance my career, to try and learn something, to try and be anything else. It was just for the joy of it. So this has been so hard to lose, especially because I had just found it in the last year. Like I literally just passed my one year anniversary of the first time I ever went salsa dancing. And I was really centering my free time around it because it taps into so many of those values. And I had just gotten brave enough to claim it as my own. I'd wanted to dance, try dancing for years and was way too afraid to, way too afraid to embrace that part of myself or my sensuality or like vulnerability and connecting with other people or being a 30 year old coming to dance, you know, for the first time. And I finally 
made that move and I, I miss my dance academy. Shout out to the Liz Lyra Dance Academy in Culver City. Liz Lyra is a 25 time world champion salsa dancer and one of the kindest people I've ever met. One of the most amazing teachers I've ever met and had the privilege of working with. If you want to see, uh, if you want to see her expertise in beauty and absolutely stunning dance, just Google Liz Lyra, L-I-R-A. And I just miss having a community and a structured place to go. Um, on a sort of broader note, I am really grieving the loss. And I think this is at the epicenter of a lot, a lot of our discomfort collectively. I am missing, I'm grieving most of the ways that I had of distracting myself from my discomfort and my anxiety. Mm -hmm. If I felt restless, I could go to a movie by myself. I could call up a friend and make a plan to hang out or go out. I could go grab a cocktail. I I could uh, scroll hinge and scrounge up a date. Like there were so many ways of, oh, I need a break. I want to feel distracted. I need to leave the house. But now all of that is gone. And so I am just left with discomfort and anxiety in my lap and having to self-soothe and not find a way out of that. And that has been the most uncomfortable thing, the most sobering thing, the thing I'm definitely getting better at, but never enjoying more. <laughs> like I'm getting better at tolerating discomfort. Um, this segues into the next thing, new experiences. Can I say before you segue, of course. I love that you're saying that you're not enjoying it more. I do think that this has given such an opportunity for us to learn how to just, just do that. Just be able to tolerate more discomfort. Yeah. I don't think we'll ever enjoy discomfort. There's a Mm -hmm. rare few people who have really learned to seek out discomfort and they find joy in learning to tolerate it. But I do think that like, we will be, we will find less discomfort in the discomfort. Does that sound weird? No, it actually makes sense to me because it, it does become more tolerable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just not as it's, yeah, it's never going to be enjoyable for me, but I do think it's a superpower and a strength to be able to tolerate discomfort and just say, (laughs) my neighbor put it perfectly. My back neighbor walks by every day with his eight month old and her onesie and she just smiles and giggles and it's a bright spot in my day. And he he walked by for his daily chat yesterday. He said, Hey, how are you? And I said, honestly, I'm so fucking cranky today and I'm mad at the world and can't get over it. You know? And he said, he said, well, that's great. Well, I hope you're able to sit in it. Otherwise it's such a waste of a bad mood. And I'd never, I'd never heard anybody say like, oh my gosh, oh good, feel that other, you know, like go take your run, go journal, go do whatever, because otherwise it's just a waste of a, of a great bad mood. And I'd never heard that before. And I, I love embracing that. Like, oh, it's a bad mood. Like, how can we make the most of this? So that was nice. But I, I do think, I do think there's been so much self-confrontation personally for me and for a lot of, of the people I'm close to. And that's been the hardest thing in this is just being like, like we're here just with ourselves 
ourselves pared down, (laughs) no ways to distract ourselves or wiggle out of it or numb from it, or at least a lot less ways. Yeah. And I, I think that's really important healing work. And it, it goes back to Brene Brown's, uh, concept of living wholeheartedly. It goes back to the upside of your dark side. Yeah. Because if, if we're able to embrace whatever comes, we're really able to make the most out of life. I think too of Pima Children's When Things Fall Apart of just like when she was talking about sitting in the heat when it was hot and just like, it's hot, it's hot. And not trying to change it, not getting up to touch the thermostat. Because it's just, it's going to be hot for a while, but eventually it will cool down. Right. So learning to tolerate the heat in this moment and let your body sweat, let your body do its thing to try to manage it and tolerate the discomfort is such an unfamiliar space for us. Yes. And I think absolutely. And, And the other thing I'm noticing is every time I feel like I've reached a breaking point and I cannot do it anymore and it's just too hard. I then have no other option. I know. And I'm forced. I am forced it's to. It's the fucking worst. <laughs> it's the fucking. It is insane. And like, I, I have no other option but to tolerate and make it another day. And so it becomes, how can I complete the stress cycle? I cry. I call you or other friends. I take a, an angry run or a walk or a jog, or I eat a big old, you know, scoop of ice cream and give my brain a reward that really is dopamine from the sugar. And then I wake up the next day and I, we just have to do it again. So I am finding this fortitude and this tolerance that I thought my capacity was one thing. And I'm realizing it's, it's way deeper than that because it has to be. And then I resent, then I resent that it has to be that, but it just makes me, this is not the same. We were in such a, such a more comfortable position than people were in World War II or any, any conflict where anyone had to hide or couldn't be outside or to stay inside. I just keep thinking about Anne Frank and how people had to hide, like not even go outside or go to the grocery store. I, I, but be quiet. And for years, and you never knew when it was going to end and literally someone was hunting you to kill you, you know? So there, there are parallels, but at the same time, this is so much more comfortable, especially if you live in a state with nice weather and you can go outside a lot, you know, this is happening in like the spring and summer. It, I think it would be totally different if it were also like a blizzard and we couldn't go outside. So anyway, I digress, just feeling a lot of empathy for the people who had to deal with similar things before this and people who will have to deal with it after and feeling grateful that we do have the freedom we have and also grieving the loss of the freedoms that we did have and are so craving to enjoy again. Two things can be in the same space for sure. Yeah. Like five things can be, I mean, infinite yeah, things. Can absolutely. Be. <laughs> so what was the next step of Nikita's homework for you? Yeah. Well, I just, I just have a couple quick other ones will fly through really grieving the loss of new experiences because, you know, I'm a person who loves variety. I love to a routine, fair, but I love to try new things. This is a hell of a new experience. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> I say a once in a lifetime experience. <laughs> Let's hope it is a only once in a lifetime experience. 
And, and while I have been able, like I did get to go see the bioluminescence at the beach, you know, and, uh, and there are opportunities for new experiences. It is just not, I felt like I could do anything in the world before and now I can't. And so just grieving that freedom of movement and a variety of places to go. Like if I didn't want to work at home on the weekends, I'd go to a coffee shop. I'd go to a restaurant, you know, I'd go wherever. And I'm the kind of person who rotates where I work constantly. (laughs) So that's been really interesting. I'm grieving the loss of mental bandwidth. Like I feel like I was able to handle so much more. Like I don't, I don't know how I could wake up, do a full shower, shave, shampoo my hair, blow dry my hair, put on makeup, get dressed, drive 45 minutes to work, work an entire day drive another 45 minutes home, figure out what to do for dinner, have a dance class, meet up with a friend after, read something, and do the podcast? Like, how how was that ever my day? Because you weren't in trauma brain. Yeah. And, and literally, we are sort of short-circuiting our brains and our mental bandwidth every day. So I'm really grieving the loss of that, but appreciating what it feels like to slow down and, and learn actively practice self-compassion regularly. Yeah. And then I'm also, I'm also just grieving pants because I've forgotten what they are and how they look. And I just don't know what to do with them anymore. I think you wear them (laughs) on your head. I think it's some kind of a large face mask. I can't remember. So there's two prongs. I think you tie that back. nostril. (laughs) Thank you. Um, so in part two, how to make all of these feel a little bit like less of a loss. I'm still finding ways to have new experiences. I am still occasionally semi-regularly getting takeout from places that I love because while I, I have embraced cooking for myself in a way I never had before, I'm not capable of making duck l'orange, you know, or like an incredible pad CU. Like I'm just not there yet. You eat duck l'orange on the reg? No, no. I visit different. I've had Duck Larange once in my life. It was right before. Oh my God. It was on an amazing date. Such a good date. Oh my God. Uh, Right before lockdown. No, no, no. But my my point is like, I cannot make, so I can't make things like that. So I'm trying and I'm trying to actively support restaurants that I love um, because that's part of my value system. And then as far as new experiences, seeing the bioluminescence at the beach, as far as dance, I have taken a couple virtual classes. I got to say, they're not the same. It's not the same as being in there. And I find myself getting frustrated, but I also was gifted a masterclass pass, which was amazing. And I'm really excited to sort of like learn and see if, you know, that feels like a new experience I could have. As far as demarcating the end of the workday, I am trying to make an effort and it's not perfect because I've got a lot to get done and I get focused, but to, there's a, there's a park about five minutes away from my house. It's up on a hill. There's an amazing view of the city. I clock out at 7 PM. I try to make my way up there at least a couple times a week to watch the sunset and then go back inside so that there's literally like an ending, like viewing the ending of the day. And that's, that's been really nice. And it's lovely to get outside and see the sunset and look at the city and hear people cheering for essential workers. Um, in my neighborhood, they, here in Los Angeles, they do it at 8 PM. Um, and then, you know, I, I 
I'm doing my best. If I don't, if when I don't need Wi-Fi, I'll try and write at the park or work at the park. You're doing a great job. So that's, that's it. And then, you know, exercise really helps. I don't do it as regularly as I would like, but on the days that I can get out and take a walk or take a run or, you know, I, I do find that it sort of lifts the fog of depression in my own brain. So that's, that's something I'm trying and, um, just tolerating every day. So even though this was just a homework check-in, I feel like this covers probably a full mini, a full mini sode. And, and I, I really want to hear, and I'm so curious and I'm just so sympathetic and empathetic and right there with everybody who's listening to this. What are you doing to give yourself some of what you've lost in the pandemic? We'd love to hear from you. We're go help yourself podcast at gmail.com. And we're on Instagram at go help yourself podcast and on Twitter at G H Y podcast. Anything you're doing that's bringing you joy or fun. uh, I'd love to hear it. We'd love to hear it. I actually, I don't give a fuck. So yeah, just Misty. <laughs> just me. Just say, you, you lean in, you go, hi, this is only for Misty. So okay. you're not Misty. And just keep right. scrolling. Right. I do. I do have one quick thing to add. I'm going to whisper it. This is the plot of the most dangerous game. <laughs> Desperate to take care of his pregnant wife before a terminal illness can take his life. Dodge Maynard accepts an offer to participate in a deadly game where he soon discovers that he's not the hunter, but the prey. It sounds like self-help. Doesn't it? Dodge Maynard? Starring Liam's and Liam Hemsworth as Dodge Tynes. Christoph, Wal- Christoph Waltz as Miles Sellers. Sarah Gaddon as Val and Chris Webster as Nixon. I love Sarah Gaydon. Oh, that's all. I mean, that sounds recent. That's a fresh cast. It's a 2020. You're welcome. And with that, everybody, life is abundant. Life is abundant. Hang in there. Bye. Please. Bye. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias. Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast. Twitter at G-H-Y podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.